You're listening to Women Making Waves. 5,000 people are diagnosed with breast cancer each month in the UK. Those statistics are shocking, yet incomprehensible. But when we know someone who is diagnosed, they become very real. Natalie Emus was one of those people who received her breast cancer diagnosis in 2013. She tells us how that felt and how she took the opportunity to turn a negative situation into something positive. As soon as the word cancer comes out of their mouth, everything freezes. You do get told the worst and you're just numb. I can't remember anything about that day. just have to take one day at a time. Some days are worse than others. Whenever I hear a song that reminds me of when I was going through my chemotherapy, it just sends me into floods of tears. We came up with the idea of all the models being breast cancer patients, survivors. You were 45 and married with two children when suddenly out of the blue one Saturday you found a lump in your left breast that must have been such a shock yeah just um, showering and then suddenly finding a lump in my breast and kept feeling kept feeling and um, so it was a long wait till Monday morning when I called the GP to book an urgent appointment to get it checked out and one in eight women will develop breast cancer in their lifetime in the UK. Were you thinking the worst at that point? Yeah, you can. You just have a sneaky feeling, you know, you know your body. I always checked my breasts. Normally once a month I try and remind myself to do it. So I thought this doesn't feel right, you know. So, um, yeah, I was fearing the worst. And you went to your GP and actually what people might not realise is that there's different types of breast cancer and your particular type of lobular breast cancer isn't that easy to detect and it took a few different techniques to actually find out what it was I understand. Yes and my my GP she was very good she said I'll refer you to Adam Brooks but I really don't think it's a problem I'm not really sure I can feel anything but to put your mind at rest and obviously the breast unit eventually found the lump and then scanned me and then I had a biopsy and with the biopsy I had to wait um, for the results and they really couldn't tell whether it would be benign or cancerous so it's agonising wait to find out the results. When the news hits you it is complete shock even though you're kind of expecting the worst to be told it is completely different isn't it yeah you're expecting the worst but also everyone's saying to you it'll be fine don't worry of course you can't not worry and you're hoping and you're praying it's not the worst Um, and then you know you do get told the worst and you're just numb I can't remember anything about that day before that moment you know you have a team talking to you and the consultant tells you the results and as soon as the word cancer comes out of their mouth you just everything freezes and you can't you can't listen to the rest of the conversation you're just in shock so the um 
breast nurse was there with us, with me and my husband, when we got told the news. And she was fantastic because she's professionally trained and she just held my hand and then explained everything calmly, what was going to happen, what appointments I would need to go to. So, With your type of cancer, you had the three normal treatments, which are very invasive treatments, the mastectomy, the chemotherapy and the radiotherapy. How did you get through all that? The chemotherapy, it was very hard, but because my children were young at the time, I think that helped in a way because it made me get up in the morning and I couldn't lie on the sofa all day, although I did have lots of help from my mum and dad and my husband and friends, but you just have to take one day at a time. Some days are worse than others. Um, It progressively gets worse each time you have a dose, but you know there's an end to it, so... As a mum, you just want to carry on and pretend everything's all right. So in a way, that's how I got through that. Um, Obviously, the surgery is very difficult, long recovery time. And your family and friends were obviously provided great support. Was there any sort of music or books or anything that helped you during that time? Or could you not actually focus on anything? Not really. A lot of the music that was out at the time now looking back whenever I hear a song that reminds me of when I was going through my chemotherapy it just sends me into you know floods of tears you know um, so I'm quite emotional about anything that happened at that time and subsequently year on year you count oh I've got through another year after diagnosis and I'm still cancer free so anniversaries are very important now. I've done some interesting research regarding a breast cancer care survey and it says one in four women found the the end of the treatment the hardest part of breast cancer and one in ten said they felt positive and ready to move on when discharged from hospital. 53% suffered with anxiety and over 30% depression. So when you'd finished all your treatment, what made you decide to do something so positive regarding fundraising for the Adam Brooks Breast Cancer Appeal? It is really frightening uh, when you get discharged from the hospital and I actually miss going there because you enter this different world and the care at Adam Brooks was um, so fantastic. I wanted to say thank you. And I also needed for me to try and really concentrate on something positive. So... I thought, what could I do? And I'd um, been to John Lewis to do one of these makeover things because after the chemotherapy, I'd gained weight. I lost all my hair. And so I went and treated myself and bought some clothes. And um, I asked John Lewis if they would help me organise a fashion show. And Because I'd had a couple of friends that had had breast cancer. They said, oh, we'll join in. It would be quite good fun. So we came up with the idea of all the models being breast cancer patients, survivors. And you've amazingly, I mean, reading up on your site, you've raised over £22,000 already, which is fabulous. All money going to the breast care unit at Adam Brooks Hospital. Some of that money has bought a breast unit uh, specimen x-ray equipment. Uh, That's used for diagnosis, isn't it? For for biopsy? Yes, yeah, that speeds up the um, biopsy um, diagnosis procedure yeah we raised some money towards that we also raised some money towards a um, ultrasound machine and then last year we raised money to employ a breast counsellor 
at the unit. So this year's fashion show, we're trying to continue funding that position for another year and also hope to extend it not only to patients but also to family because it's a very traumatic experience for your family as well to go through partners, parents. You know, parents don't expect to be supporting their child through cancer. So it would be really nice to provide a service for them. And I think you're you're hoping to raise £11,000 this year, yes, uh, which is marvellous news. And this is in aid of Becky Hadfield. Tell me about Becky. Yeah, so um, Becky Hadfield uh, got in touch with me in 2016 through my Facebook page and seen the fundraising we'd been doing. And she joined us as a model. She'd been diagnosed with breast cancer the year before and then subsequently a year later after her diagnosis it came back and she was very young so she modelled with us in 2016 and we're a big breast cancer family all all the ladies have been through the same treatment and it's such an inspiring evening and really empowering for us all to feel good again and it's all about friendship and support Becky was a big part of that and she was really keen to raise awareness of breast cancer, especially in young women. So um, sadly, Becky passed away earlier this year and we wanted to do the show in her memory. Fabulous. I'd just like you to tell the listeners how good Adam Brooks has been regarding the support they provide to people suffering with breast cancer. Oh, Adam Roots have been amazing, uh, really prepared me as a patient before my surgery. I had a telephone number. I could always call my breast nurse if I had any questions. And they were always there on the end of the phone. I had a really dedicated team looking after me and they're always in touch. You know, it's never goodbye when you get discharged, but uh, the care was just amazing and I really felt privilege to have lived so close to Cambridge to have been supported by them. Well thank you Natalie. You're such a positive example of someone who has had breast cancer but has done something positive after that experience and there are very good recovery rates for for breast cancer. I think we should make that clear and if you if you have suffered from breast cancer obviously how can people get involved with your appeal? If you could visit our website, which is cambridgebreastcancerappeal.com. We've got an email link on there as well. If you want to help volunteer or get involved in the show somehow, we've got some sponsorship packages still available. And I'd just like to say that the main point of everything we're doing is trying to raise awareness. And if anyone listening could just try and remember to check themselves once a month, men and women. You know, if we could just save one person by early detection, that would just be amazing. Thank you, Natalie. Natalie Emus is quite an incredible lady. She's coped quite a bit, hasn't she? Very inspirational. As with all cancer patients really are coping with it, but Mm -hmm. she is very inspirational. I took from that interview, Linda, the the bit about when you're first diagnosed with cancer, how Natalie said that she can't remember that day. I can, well, I can't imagine because I'm very fortunate it hasn't happened to me, but you can almost imagine it because Mm. you can almost imagine that when you hear those words and you're trying to make sense of them, 
and it's everything's trying to sink in. I can just imagine everything kind of swimming round. You know, the room would swim round. The mm. words that were being said would, you know, I mean, it's it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it must be very difficult for the professionals as well, knowing that they've got to deliver this information. They must be doing this every day. Mm. 5,000 p- women a month are diagnosed with this. So there are people up and down the country, doctors and nurses, coping with a new people coming in all the time. And everyone will handle it very differently. Mm, that's right. The patients will handle it differently. And she speaks about the breast um, cancer nurse who was fantastic and how she is professionally trained. She obviously realised that. And I think, that, as you just described it, she... You, your whole day is a whirl. You're, you're you're moving from one consultant to the nurse, and then you go into a waiting room. Mm. And I found also the long wait when she said she when she found the lump, she had to then go to the doctor to get it assessed, and then she had to be um, obviously assessed. So then she had to wait for the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That, that that is you, no, it's all the waiting around. Mm. I can imagine that's the work. I, I know that that something similar um, happened to me once, and they dealt with it quite quickly. But it was still over a few weeks. Yeah, and that time, that time between initially receiving it, it was a smear test actually, that, and I received the letter. And that time of waiting till you get a doctor's appointment, and that was quite quick. And then waiting to be sent to the hospital, and it was only a few days, but those days were the longest days because your mind is worrying with what ifs. Mm, it's horrible. That's right, absolutely. Mm. And because Natalie's children were quite young, she said that she was able. She felt she could. Be busy the whole time. Yes. And I, f- I feel for patients that either the children are grown up or the children are out and about and you are having to really push yourself to keep busy. And I can imagine it's very hard to concentrate. If you're still at work, for example, I can imagine it being very hard to concentrate on what you're doing. I found it at that time. It's hard to concentrate on anything because in your mind there's this big thing the whole time. And this big thing ends with... What if this doesn't end well for me? What if I'm dying? Mm, that's right. And I, the, the three treatments that she's been given, which were the mastectomy, the chemotherapy and the radiotherapy. And Michelle's right. They're very invasive and very, very tiring. It mm-hmm. takes a lot out of you. But we must actually mention, Linda, must we not, the the amount of money that Natalie has raised £22,000. <laughs> that is incredible because I think anyone who's done any fundraising will know how hard it is to scrape you know, a few pounds out of anyone for anything. £22,000 is an enormous amount of money. Mm. But, you know, a fashion show, I think, is a very good way of raising money because it's quite fun to do as well. It is. And for these women to be able to get together, they've all been through the same thing, and do that in a very positive way, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, and I actually went to the fashion show last October and it was fantastic because... They got a lot of their partners, male or female, to walk with them and the um, breast cancer patients. As she says, they are a family. They're a breast cancer family. And they were. it was a really lovely show. Very nicely done.